0: Wildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gems Podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Welcome back, we've got our buddy Nick Delgadillo on the podcast again today. Nick and I just finished the Starting Strength Gyms Conference. It was the second one that we've ever done. During the conference, Nick gave a presentation about rehab. So for those of you that are interested in learning how to address little nagging issues that pop up during training, uh, if you just wanna learn more about the topic, if you're a coach, an aspiring coach, this might be an informative discussion for you. So Nick, let's start with the context. What are, what are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, and uh, you you just made the the big mistake, man. Because remember at the beginning of the talk, the first point I made was that we actually don't do rehab, right? Yeah, uh, I was setting you up we are, I know. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> we are uh, we're actually not qualified to do rehab, right? And the uh, w- when we were talking at the at the conference, um, a big part of the uh, the focus initially of this talk was what is it that we actually do, and I had everybody everybody kind of explain to me what a coach, a starting strength coach or a coach at a gym actually does. And people typically say things like we, we do starting strength. We are strength coaches uh, and, and whatever else, you know, then, then people say like magical things, like we change people's lives and all that shit. But, um, (laughs) and and that's, that's cute. But, but you know, what it comes down to is we're what what we promise is improved performance, Mm. right. And and as starting strength coaches uh, and as coaches who use starting strength uh, improving performance means getting stronger because in almost every activity that we care about, getting stronger is going to improve your performance. Now, the challenge to the, to the newer coaches is uh, expanding the scope to not just be someone who delivers starting strength because anybody can do that, right? Anybody who spent time on the forums and has a passing knowledge of the, of the, the method and, and knows how to do the teaching methods can teach starting strength and can talk about programming and can talk about things and parrot things that rip and other people have said, Mm. but, uh, in order to be a a good coach, so the difference between a a good coach and a great coach is somebody who can integrate everything and, and actually improve performance. So, uh, improving performance is using starting strength as the tool to make people strong, uh, and to improve performance there. So get people strong thereby improving performance. Mm. Uh, but it also includes things like, um, nutrition and managing injuries and programming long-term uh all the things that that we need to be able to do to integrate starting strength and what we do into in into, into our clients lives right so it was kind of a um well, when we when we talk about rehab rehab is a very uh if we're going to be clear we have to define what, what we actually mean and rehab is uh in the context of a an acute or chronic injury but when you're uh, dealing with something that uh, has is being managed by a uh, a, a medical professional, right? So the, uh, the the physical therapists of the world and the doctors and the orthopedists of the world. So that's not what we do. So everybody needs to stay within their scope, stay within within their lane, um, and understand that when something does happen in the gym, the truth is that we have a lot to offer. Um, or, or when something has happened in the past, somebody's dealing with, with a, a chronic pain or a, a nagging thing that they're, that they're dealing with, uh, we do have a lot to offer, um, but it has to stay within the context of performance improvement, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the minute that we go into, into okay, you have an injury, you've, uh, you've done something to yourself, and now we're going to rehab that injury um just realize that we're going a little bit beyond but w- what we do right. now experienced coaches are going to do that just as a matter of course and that's that's okay right but everybody needs to know where they are in in terms of, of their own experience and what they can actually do um <clears throat> but a better way to talk about this is, is managing injuries because it's it's not actual rehab right it's managing injuries is, is what we're what we're talking about within the context of being a, a coach in a gym and dealing with members, uh, whether in person or online. Right. So just a quick
0: point, sorry to interrupt your train of thought, but it occurs to me that, um, even an experienced coach that might be getting into the realm of, of rehab in quotes, um, might actually just be helping a trainee improve their performance while working around the injury. Uh, and doing so in a way that helps the injury improve over time. Is that a fair way that's to put
1: exactly, it? That's exactly right. Yeah, and and that's that's one of the points we'll we'll talk about later on. Um but that that's exactly the deal, right? So Rip Rip always uh says a very important phrase and that's you, you don't let things heal, you make them heal, mm. right? And that's that's the that's the whole deal. Now, um as far as diagnosing things and and this is kind of more what I'm talking about, but as far as like something happens And you start drilling down and diagnosing what's actually occurred. It's a, it's a, it's a tear. It's a nerve thing. It's, it's an impingement, whatever you you guys, you don't actually know, right? You don't actually know. You've got someone who's in pain. You've got something that hurts at some point and you have to make a determination of, um, can I work through or work around this? Or do I need to have, do I need to get some help? Right. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the big picture overall, how to think about this stuff.
0: Yeah, and as usual, <laughs> knowing where your you mentioned the word scope—that's a good way to put it. But knowing where your skills uh, and your scope start and stop is really useful because we don't want to navigate into the territory of what an MD might do. Um, we're not qualified for that, just as you said. So um, it's a matter, and this is something I'm going to ask you about later once you've uh, outlined things for us. But but I'm I'm most curious to find out from your point of view where what, what the line of delineation is between what a coach does versus what a medical professional does. And I, and I, I want to make that really clear for all the coaches listening, especially because we have, to, uh, we have to be careful, not just from a liability point of view, but we have to know what we don't know. And that's one of the most important parts of being an effective coach. You mentioned what it takes to be a great coach versus a good coach. A great coach knows what they don't know and uh, is careful not to tread into territory that might get them into trouble
1: yeah and and ultimately all we have to offer um which isn't it's not like a bad thing right it's not like all the only thing we have to offer but what we are what we're offering and what we're guiding people through is a process and the the process could be getting strong it could be getting strong plus improving body composition it could be getting strong while dealing with it with an injury so uh that in terms of something useful you should look at managing an injury as as a process, not as a uh, not as a if then situation like a like a here's a problem, here's a solution, because it rarely um, unless you unless you're very experienced and you have the tools to be able to actually diagnose what's going on, um, which none of the people in the gyms right now do. um, It's it's always going to be a little bit of trial and error and that's okay right Mm -hmm. so um what what people look for especially when you have a member or a client who gets injured they want some reassurance that you know what's happening and they want some reassurance that you can give them a uh, you can give them a solution and especially as it for the inexperienced coaches you have to be careful about how you approach that because what you will give them is a process right a process to continue training while managing the injury while managing pain while not making it worse but you're not going to give them i think you have this problem this is the solution and then go on now um in terms of what you get from from a typical medical professional is exactly that right so you have a problem you go in my shoulder hurts and you sit down you talk to them for about a minute um they ask you if you smoke and some other irrelevant questions and then they say um well what do you what are you doing? And then you say, Well, I've been lifting weights three days a week. And then they say, Okay, well, uh, may, maybe don't lift weights anymore, or something <laughs> like that, right. But that, but that's exactly what's happened there. It's been, it's, uh, or, you know, uh, stretch two times a day, or whatever thing that that person's experience, whatever thing that medical professionals experience dictates, mm. at that moment is what they'll say. But that's exactly what they've given you, right, is they've given you um, an if then, like, if this is your problem, so, so do this and then goodbye, you know, and then, and then collect the payment. So in, in terms of what we can offer, it's, it's less clear at first because that doctor doesn't have the answer either. Right. He just, he's just said something based on his intuition or his experience, which in a lot of cases is, is wrong, especially when it, when it comes to orthopedic type stuff. Yeah. But, um, and especially if it's like your primary care physician, um, <clears throat> but what we have to offer is, okay, here's the thing and here's my thing. So here's what you're dealing with. And then here's the thing that I'm good at. Now, let's figure out how we can put these things, things together without making things worse, and potentially, actually, probably making them better, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's a long way to, to explain um, what the, the two primary differences are, right. So typically, you'll get like, a you'll get, the doctor will tell you what they think is going on. And then they'll, they'll initially refer you to a physical therapist. And then pretty much everybody who's dealt with physical therapy knows what's going to happen. Once you get to physical therapy, you'll do some things that are mildly effective if, if, uh, or not effective at all. And then it'll stop hurting maybe. And then, um, you'll get back to training or it won't stop hurting. And then you'll get an MRI. And then the MRI shows that you have all these horrific issues in the joint or the, you know, whatever part of your body's in question. And then, then what's the result you're going to go to surgery or, you're gonna you're gonna do more physical therapy of some other kind, right? So, um, the our, we fit into that process, or I'm sorry, we fit into that picture throughout that entire process, mm-hmm. right? So you you as a coach, you have to um, your your members, your clients have to trust you, um, and you also have to deliver. You can't make them hurt more, and you have to be flexible enough. You have to have enough knowledge and enough foresight to be able to make adjustments to make things heal rather than let them heal Mm -hmm. right um so it's it sounds pretty simple but it's actually really difficult to do in practice
0: yeah the integration part's tough and and i wanted to mention too that this this applies to all situations i mean if there's a guy that comes in with back pain we don't we don't fix back pain we make you stronger and making you stronger will oftentimes fix your back pain that's an important distinction It applies in those situations. It applies in situations where the trainee maybe had a a back tweak um, while lifting. It applies when a trainee is in the process of getting stronger and they get hurt outside of the gym. It doesn't matter where the, the pain or the injury comes from. What you're saying is, as coaches, we need to know how to apply this process to them in a way that doesn't make it any worse and hopefully makes it better over time.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and, and be honest about what you're doing. And, uh, and it's okay to not know, right? So one of the questions I asked everybody was, because, um, because exactly the, the thing that you just mentioned that happens all the time, right? A guy comes in with uh, shoulder pain, he's had chronic shoulder pain for for months or even years, or back pain for months or even years. And then within the first couple of months of, of training, it's gone. And then I asked everybody, so what, what, what's happened? Why? Why does it not hurt? And then again, you get all these different various answers. You, people are very, very sure it's because he got stronger. It's because this, it's because um, whatever. And, and depending on who it is, you get a super technical thing or, or, or a like fantastical kind of um, nice sounding thing. But the truth is that we don't know, right? I don't know, and, and you don't know. And that's okay, right? What, the, the response is just, um, you've started training, you started moving, you've started loading your spine and you've responded positively, right? It doesn't hurt anymore now. Whether whatever was going on there was a structural thing, or it's in your head, or whatever, doesn't matter. It's better now, and uh, and you're better off for it. And you know, let's continue and see what happens. Um, almost every time, nothing bad happens, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, there's rarely an issue after that. When the guys come in with back issues, and his back issues go away after. <clears throat> after ten sessions the back pain doesn't doesn't come back. Right. You know. So yep. It yep. uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why why it went away, but it went away. Sure. Uh, if any if anybody's really interested in it, you could look into it and, and read all the studies and you, the guy could get MRIs and all this other stuff. but it doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? And you're his never going to
0: establish look, causation. There's no
1: Yeah, yeah his back's gonna look uh-huh. fucked up under an MRI regardless. Uh-huh. Right? But like it, but it doesn't regardless. hurt
0: anymore.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh-huh. It doesn't hurt anymore. So that's the that's the important thing there. Yep. Yep. So
0: what's, what's next we've got, we've got the context of what we're talking about here. Um, We're trying to determine, we're we're trying to outline uh, where a coach should set that line of demarcation in terms of their scope of practice and a medical professional scope of practice. Um, Where should we go next? Do you want to talk about common things you see in the gym and how those things are addressed or do we need to provide more context first?
1: Yeah. So it should be, um. Yeah, let, let's not talk specifics. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but it just as, as predicted, right? So I, I said, I don't wanna go into specifics because as soon as you go into something specific, people people latch onto it, right? Mm-hmm. And I talked about, at the very end, I talked about uh, one of the things that Wills had me do and probably you too, the, the pause deadlifts from the top. And uh, nobody asked hardly any questions the entire time. And then I brought up a specific lift that a specific coach and, and a therapist had a specific client do me in this case, and I got like immediately five questions mm-hmm. like, tell like how many reps, how much, like all these mm-hmm. specific things, and, and that's not the point, right? Because it's it's going to vary. It's going to be, it's it, uh, sometimes you don't even have to go far in changing exercises and finding other things to do. Um, so so in in the in the spirit of keeping this general and, and conceptual, um, you you want to look at dealing with injuries, managing, managing injuries, not as a rehab situation, um, which is essentially a medical situation. You want to look at it as a programming problem. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can think of it that way as a programming problem and a performance problem for us, it makes our job a little bit more clear and it gives us a better path forward and how to proceed. Right. Yep. So you, you kind of break people up into uh, into a few different categories. If they're weak, if they've never trained before, um and they have pain and they have an injury um not an acute injury but let's just say they have something that's been bothering for a long time um you probably don't have to do anything other than start training Mm. right it's the same way you would approach somebody who needs to gain weight or lose weight um you know somebody who wants to play soccer or be a marathon runner uh it it doesn't matter if you're weak getting stronger usually tends to make everything better so Mm. um if they're untrained. And they're novice um your first step is going to be to do the novice on your progression because that will fix problems so that's that's the initial step in this in this process um so it's like almost everything we talk about follows that uh simple to complex thing right so people have a tendency when they learn about things in the in the rehab world to start assigning solutions to individual problems Mm. Um, and a lot of times you have to just zoom out and think to yourself, okay, this person's never squatted before. Like let's see if they can squat. And if they can squat, have them squat. And if they can deadlift, have them deadlift and add 50 pounds to it and see if their pain goes away. And you know, we all know what happens typically that that solves their issue, right? Um, so first step is is novice linear progression. That'll fix uh exist pre existing issues that aren't a result of training because they've never trained trained before. Right. Um, and this is something we see all the
0: time, by the way, I mean, knees, back, shoulders, you name it, people come in and they, they can't believe it. They're stunned at how, how they're not in pain all of a sudden. And they were in pain two and a half weeks ago. And it just took, like you said, eight, 10 workouts, you know? Yep.
1: Yeah. I've had, I don't, yeah. I mean, I can't even remember how many clients, but there's, there's a few specifics that I remember very well who were, um, thinking, you know, okay, I, I need to have surgery. Um, and, and it's not something that like is, is super critical. You know, they just, they just have, have had shoulder pain for the last year or two years and they're, they're talking to the to their fourth therapist and their fifth orthopedic guy. And he's saying, um, well, our last option is, is surgery. Let's have surgery. And then, and then you're like, well, then I say, can you lift your arm over your head without it hurting? And they're like, yeah, okay, well let's, let's press for a little bit like does it matter if you wait another two months to have the surgery because you've been in pain for two years dude and they're like well let's try it you know and then two months later they're like i don't need to have surgery it doesn't hurt anymore time and time Um, again exactly exactly you see see it all the time um yeah and, and the the next thing is um is is pain right so um i i can't tell you man how many people i've gotten uh refugees from from other um Coaches and other organizations, who who tell me essentially that they've been told uh, that their pain is in their head and it's it's essentially imaginary, right? <laughs> uh, now, now, I know how clients are, and I know that you you'll say something and they'll t- they'll understand something completely else, but but no shit, that's kind of the that's kind of the fashionable thing to, to do right now, right? It's people and, and and you have to be careful. Uh, with, with newer coaches too, because the, the young folks, the, the ones who are less experienced and are, are getting into this will read or see something that sounds like it ma- makes a lot of sense, and it does. Uh, and they'll latch onto it and, and that'll be their quote unquote identity for that, that specific thing, right? So, um, you know, we've had, we've had Will and, and Nick D'Agostino and others talk about the uh, biopsychosocial model of, of pain and um i can see how to uh to 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 the wrong client or to the wrong coach um, they could they could take that concept and uh, apply it <laughs> apply it in a way that leaves a, mem- a client feeling like you've been told like like they've been told that uh they're just making it up sure. essentially right yeah, and again all- that's yeah. not what that's, that's probably not what they were told but that's that's what the client thinks. And whether they were told that or not, that was their perception. And uh, and whoever said that or whoever put that in their head fucked up, yep. right? So then I end up getting them and uh, I charge them money and, and it's all good for me. But um, <laughs> my, my point is that, uh, again, staying within your scope. Don't be don't be a douchebag, right? So don't don't be the don't be the guy who learns something new, whether it's a new program or a new thing in pain science or a new uh, a new thing in nutrition and you just you just make that the thing that you always do and you always talk Mm -hmm. about uh because you don't really understand it is my point right Right. so don't talk about things that you don't really understand um the pain issue is extremely uh complex because it's not only like you know it's not only a physical thing you experience but it's tied to all kinds of shit right people who are in pain are in a bad mood (laughs) you know Mm. um that that's just the truth and uh and it affects it affects a lot of different things in your life so point my, my point is that if somebody tells you they're in pain or they're experiencing pain that is a, that is a real thing that they're experiencing um, and you shouldn't uh, you, you need to be careful about dismissing it um, and then again you 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 lay out the process going forward you present a process for working through or working around and you don't try to explain things that you don't understand yep. right Um and Nick, and, not, and that's not, to,
0: not to make you busier than you already are, but um, I've got an example of exactly what you mentioned. I was with a coach with another organization online for a while, and uh, I remember I had to squat four sets of five at three thirty-five, and I gave feedback on True Coach that uh, my hips were just screaming at me. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, if something, people are different. Some people have something minor, and they make it a big deal. Other people like that, especially guys that have been in martial arts a long time, um, kind of have been trained to just shut up. No one cares. No one wants to hear about it. Just keep driving forward. So, I mean, if I bring something up, it's a problem, you know? Um, Right. And the response I got back was, this isn't for everybody. (laughs) And then, and then um, I switched to you and I started paying you money and you, you came out for a visit and you're like, oh, you're shoving your knees out too far. (laughs) And then I stopped shoving my knees out too far, and it stopped. And it painful. stopped hurting. <laughs> so, fuck, man. Uh, don't be a douchebag is a good uh, is a good phrase.
1: Man, what a great way to live, right? Just yeah. don't be a douchebag. It's a great rule. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a douchebag. Um, probably not being a douchebag is more important than not being an asshole. Indeed. Um, but yeah, man. You don't. Know, you don't. Know, somebody tells you they're hurting. Um, uh, You you can't take it as a personal offense, right? Um, But but especially if it's somebody who's paying you a bunch of money, which which members at our gyms are paying a bunch of money, they expect uh, they expect some solutions. Um, So you starting to explain things that you don't understand is is a terrible idea. And instead, um, offer offer the 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 solution in the form of a process. What are we going to do about it? I don't know what's going on. Um, You know, if you want to go get an MRI, if you want to go get checked out. Go ahead. You know, just expect that they might tell you something you might not want to hear about training. Mm. Um, but here's what I plan on doing: we're mm. gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this other thing. And if it hurts, we'll we'll slow down. We'll stop. We'll reduce the load. We'll try another exercise. But our our job here is to get you stronger and get you performing better. Um, you know, and if, uh, and not, not at the expense of everything else, we're going to work, we're going to work around or through your pain and, and make it, uh, make it better. Right.
0: And the, the way you did that is, is exactly right from my point of view, because you're giving the member options. You're, you're not saying this is the problem and this is the solution, because like you right. said, we don't know there's, there's no way to know for sure. So don't be that sure. Firstly. And then secondly, even if you're, you know, you've seen it a bunch of times before and you are pretty confident in what the answer is, um, the member is responsible for their decisions and it should be their decision right. and your job is to help them make an informed decision i think that's a, a, right. an important distinction to make
1: yeah we always talk about uh, being a consultant right that's mm-hmm. that's what you are and by the way that's what your doctor is too he's a, he's a consultant right so um your job is to help your your member your client make a make a good decision that uh that takes into account all of your expertise and all the things that you know to help them in whatever it is you're, you're working with them on right mm-hmm. in our case performance again right um yeah so so it doesn't matter if the if the tweak that the person is is experiencing is real or or perceived right because you don't you don't you don't really know like um i mean real or perceived is not like those aren't the opposites right but you know what i mean like real like like something's actually damaged or if they're just super uncomfortable or a, a, a certain position or something is uncomfortable, people who have never done really, really hard things may experience even things like soreness as like crippling pain, right? I mean, that that happens. Um, there's all kinds of weird weird uh, phenomena out there where people are just in constant pain where you can't find anything actually wrong with them, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, like nothing mechanically, structurally wrong with them. But if so, they feel it, it's uh,
0: real and that should be exactly accordingly.
1: Yeah. exactly that's exactly right yeah yeah so so again kind of bringing us back into into the the realm of what we can do in in terms of programming so what do you do right somebody says now now they're not they're not weak right or they're not untrained so remember going back to the first step is ask yourself is the, is the individual weak or are they are they is are they untrained or are they trained if they have a long way to go in terms of uh their strength level uh you probably don't change anything you just novice linear progression four basic lifts five basic lifts and then and then progress them and make sure form is on point and all that stuff um if they experience a problem um if they experience a problem during training like they're they're actively training they're getting stronger or they're already strong uh, you, you've got to address it. Now, since this is a programming discussion, the first thing that, that you should ask yourself as a coach and the first thing that the, that the client needs to tell you are the same things that you would ask if you are dealing with a programming issue, right? So a, a lift getting stuck or, or failing a lift or, or, a, or, or a lift starting to get really, really hard. Mm. Uh, first one is, is form, right? If you have a form issue, if you are collapsing at the bottom of the squat, If you're shoving your knees out too far, like you were doing, if you're, uh, you were doing some other weird thing one time, like your elbow was hurting really bad. And then, um, and then you're like, you're like, I don't, it's been going on for months and something. And I looked at you deadlift and you, I think you had straps on and then you're like slamming the bar into the ground. I was like, Ray, stop slamming the bar into the ground. And then, and then your wrist started, stopped hurting or whatever was hurting, it
0: stopped hurting. It was elbows. It was (laughs) was your
1: elbow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Oh, and um, and you taught me something important, which now I've taught to a bunch of other coaches. Which is when you use straps, don't set them up like a noose around your wrist, oh, so right, that yeah. you can you can um, attach the bar to your body without a really tight grip. Because if you right. do that, the the amount of tension um, that's added to your exactly. arm is clearly more than my tendons could bear, and that was pissing everything off. And so you had to exactly. change the way that I attached my straps, and then you had me um, uh, lower my deadlifts a little more carefully um and i was going to switch to bumper plates someone had recommended that i switch to bumper plates and you're like no don't do that just do this and then that ended up working my elbows are still fucked up but at least they're at least i can deadlift for
1: other it? reasons though oh yeah yeah from
0: uh <laughs> knucklehead yeah. yeah
1: um but yeah a point is point is if there's a form issue uh that's the first thing you should look at right so somebody's knees start hurting and they're slamming into the bottom of the squat their knees are in a different spot every time they hit they hit the bottom position um, they're doing something goofy with their stance they're doing something you know the elbows are hurting they're doing something goofy with the grip um, that's the first thing you should you should address uh like hard stop don't do anything else fix fix the technique first because we talk about this all the time efficient our, our job in in uh, in coaching starting strength is Efficiency, right? Efficiency of of movement, efficiency of weight on the bar. So getting as much weight on the bar as possible. Uh, the secondary benefit is that efficiency is generally safer, right? Because your knees are moving the same way every time your hips are moving the same way. It's reproducible. You're not experiencing uh, a bunch of like rapid dynamic loading. Uh, and, and when you are, those are typically form issues, You're not controlling a position. You're not controlling a descent. You're not controlling something, and that's causing a problem. So uh, it it goes back to being a good coach, right? You have to know what's going on with your lifters and their lifts. You have to be able to identify uh, proper positioning and proper movement, all the things that we evaluate in a starting strength coach. Uh, So that part should pretty much be taken care of. When somebody uh, develops a a, a tweak or or a tweak occurs, start there. Figure out what the form issue is, if there is one, and then adjust it. Maybe you lo- you deload a little bit, just so the just so if it's like a, a movement error, they can they can correct the movement pattern. Um, but otherwise, you continue training, right? You you fix the form error, continue training, and usually if it's a form issue, um, it'll feel better right away, right? So um, unless it's like a real chronic like knee or, or or hip tendonitis thing, it may still hurt, but it won't get worse, mm. right? So what you're looking for is that uh, you're improving form. And then it stays about the same and then gradually gets better or it gets better right away if it's getting worse then you've got to go to the next step which is a little bit more uh it, it takes it, it's a little bit more of, of a trial and error now right
0: yeah nick let me give uh, a couple of examples if you don't mind um yeah sure no one's here sure. to ask questions by the way so we're safe uh, and i'm not proposing solutions necessarily uh, i'm just yeah i'm just going to outline the problem so these these are some things that i've experienced and feel free to add wherever you see necessary, but, uh, people that have elbow pain, especially when they get to the bench press, like, Oh man, my elbows just, they hurt. Um, it's, it's never the bench. It's always a squat. It's your squat grip. So watch a video we just did on the squat where I go into detail about how to make sure your grip is nice and narrow and you're extending your chest, squeezing your shoulder blades together and carrying the weight on your back and on your elbows. When knees start to hurt, it's almost always knee slide. You know, you're not pinning your knees by the midpoint of the squat. They're slamming forward at the bottom, and it's pissing off your knee tendons. Um, if your hips hurt, it's very often a stance width thing. For me, it was shoving my knees out too far. Um, a good way to, to make sure you've got the the knee angle correct is your toes have to be out at 35 degrees, and then you can point, and actually, Nick, Nick you taught me this, and I've been using it ever since. You can point the inside of your kneecap at your big toe, and that's got to be in line during the whole rep of the squat. Um, shoulders. It's typically people not being disciplined on their bench setup, squeezing their shoulder blades together tight on the bench. Uh, and then neck. I see myself included cause I've had chronic neck issues. Um, and I've seen others tweak their neck on the press by throwing their head around when yep. they're, when they're, um, when they're pushing the bar over head. So pretend you've got a tennis ball under your chin, keep your head still, and then press without moving your head around. Um, right. Those are a few of the, of the, major things i see kind of with each group of joints is there anything else i missed out there that are pretty common
1: um sometimes shoulder stuff with the uh with the bottom of the press or that's aggravated by the bottom of the press but it's all it's usually all related to something going on this in the squat grip you know the the uh, bicep tendons that like getting irritated up here uh bars too low in the squat or or it's creeping down their back um, you know, but, but all these things are just, are just basic positional errors or movement errors that every coach needs to be able to fix, mm-hmm. um, just, just on demand. And if you don't pay attention to them, they they'll develop into these, into these problems.
0: Yeah. A good coach um, so will solve
1: this problem before it starts. Early. Ex- that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. And that's not to say that things never happen. Right. But, um, but you, you'll have, you'll have less people, you know, I, I've walked in the, in the gyms where everybody's. Everybody's uh, elbows are hurting, and then um, and it's because everybody's grips are too wide, right? <laughs> um, because the, the solution is my elbows hurt, so let's go wider because that's gonna make my elbow feel better. It feels better when you get under the bar, but it actually makes the problem worse. Yeah, it doesn't feel uh, better
0: after the set. I I did I did forget one though, um, and you taught me this as well. So I uh, unfortunately practiced becoming a coach on my siblings, and I uh, mildly injured them a couple times. Um, <laughs> so so Jen my sister I was trying to get her stronger because she's had all these back oh, right. problems and if you recall um, I couldn't see that I was having her set her back too hard in the deadlift and she was overextending her spine um, yeah
1: squat too Yeah, I've we seen extending. that on
0: the squat and the deadlift quite a bit ever since you taught me that um, And right. the solution for that is to have people kind of brace down and you know eat their belt with their abs so that they're not overextending their spine and maintain that
1: position during the whole the whole set Um
0: but yeah, those yeah are, it's a those common, are... mis...
1: yep. common misunderstanding. Your back should be neutral and tight. It should not be overextended. Mm-hmm. Uh, should not be overextended on the squat. It's hard to do in a deadlift unless you're a, a bendy female or a really skinny guy. But um, the, 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 your back shouldn't be overextended. It should be neutral. Mm-hmm. That's the, the way it's going to transfer force most effectively. We things uh, we learn
0: things the hard way, so you don't have to.
1: There, there, you go. there you go. Yeah, these are all problems that I that I experienced myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years yeah so um again since it's a programming discussion uh form number one thing second thing is consistency right so if you're if your lifter or your member or your client or you haven't been training consistently then that's the next thing to fix so fix fix your form and it's not like you have to have uh, a coach watching you every single rep of every single set uh but your your form has to be has to be good enough right it has there's there's an acceptable level of of uh, deviation from efficiency before you're really messing things up. Hmm. Um so so you don't have to be a, a neurotic uh weirdo about the lifts. Like you don't have to set up four camera angles and and uh break it down in slow motion and then do mocap and stuff like that. Uh it just has it has to be close enough. Get a form check every once in a while. If you're working with a coach this takes care of itself. But, uh but the but second thing I,
0: I will add to that Nick uh you shouldn't be neurotic about it but at the same time you should, if you're going to coach yourself, if you're going to be a self coach trainee, then I recommend that you have a, a picture of the model in mind when you're right. attempting these lifts. And I did, by the way, I did when I started, but it was purely from yep. the books and from the images in the books and my conception of what was being described, which when a lot, in a lot of cases was incorrect. My conception was incorrect, or right. I took things too literally or took them to the extreme. And right. that's why it's so nice to have the YouTube channel now and so many videos of all the different lifts and people coaching the different lifts because yep. as, a, as a trainee doing this on your own, you can look at what's happening and then take that picture in your mind and
1: try to apply it to yourself when you're under the bar. Right, right. yeah. Yeah, the other big part of that is watching yourself lift so you establish a baseline for what you look like lifting because you have to make mirror, a connection.
0: friends on, on a camera. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's got to be a video. Yeah, you got to connect what you're feeling under the bar with what it actually looks like. Um, and and the easiest way to do that is just to video yourself, so mm-hmm. that when you do get feedback on a form check or something, you you have a frame of reference to work off of. Um, so yeah, uh, so consistency is the second thing. So if if you are you experience a tweak, um, you experience an injury, and uh, you can still move, and you know you're not debilitated. And you haven't been training consistently. The next thing to do is fix your consistency, right? So again, this is a programming discussion. So, if your form's not right, fix your form. If you've missed a bunch of training, get back to where you're you're training consistently, and that may that may solve the problem, right? That may solve the problem. And one of the things that uh, that I've discovered in the last uh, very very obviously in the last six months or so is that inconsistent training for people who uh, have trained for a long time is, uh, it is is a bad deal, mm-hmm. especially if you're not, if especially if you're doing things outside of the gym. So, you know, just, just to be, to be more specific here, like, you know, it, and you, you, you and me kind of have experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the last 2021 was, was fucked up. You know, I, I drove, I drove 60,000 miles, uh, in 2021, just all over the country. And, uh, I was, I was missing a lot of training uh in the gym missing a lot of barbell training so you know it, it, just from lack of co- from convenience or because we're on the road or driving or whatever instead of planning ahead and rearranging the workouts so they continue to get stronger or staying stronger uh you tend to just push it off and get in the car and drive and then the whole year you know we've been doing jujitsu heavily and still doing um self-defense classes and fighting classes and uh firearm stuff and all that and all that. So. Um, yeah, I fucked myself up pretty bad, yeah, you know, man. just cause, and I, and I really think that, that the, the primary reason for that is lifestyle, just, mm. you know, sitting long hours on the computer, sitting long hours in the car, and then going to do something like three hours of jujitsu or a two day fighting class, um, like a Shivworks works where you're beating the hell out of each other. Um, and, uh, and then getting in the car and driving again. And then, uh, and then missing lifting workouts. And, um, yeah, I was really, really bad shape, uh, back in April. Mm. So, um, you did look pretty cool. At the and I, though.
0: I was, uh, I was fairly, nah, I wasn't yet. cool. Yeah. Didn't, didn't <laughs> feel, cool, maybe
1: really. it would cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, so, and I, but, and I've seen that happen in the past to other, to other guys. You know, I never, never really connected the, the, the being relatively strong thing and then doing really, really, uh, Hard shit, and then uh, and then being able to mess yourself up. It's kind of the same idea in my the way I look at it, it's kind of the same idea as if you if you've trained previously and you take a long layoff, and then you come back, you you can make yourself really sore, like mm. bad sore. Mm. I mean, uh, you've probably been there before, right? Where you uh, you really can't move without just like severe pain because everything just hurts so bad. Yeah. Um, so. It's the same idea, right? You can still produce a, a bunch of force. You can put yourself into positions, positions, uh, but you're not conditioned for it is the point, right? You're not conditioned for it. You can fuck yourself up. Yeah. So you got to get
0: your body adapted to the stress that you plan on applying to it on a regular right. basis. And if, you know, if you're a big, strong guy and then you're taking seven, 10, ten days off in between training sessions and you're trying to go heavy right. each training session, that's not going to go well. It's gonna go exactly. just as poorly as the other mistake I've made, which is doing zero jujitsu to doing five days of jujitsu per day, or, or sorry, five <laughs> days of jujitsu per week. There's nothing wrong with doing five days of jujitsu per week, but you should probably start with a couple of days and then build up and, and prepare your body. Otherwise, you're gonna pay the pay the price for it, which I've done many
1: Especially times. Especially if Especially if the last time you did martial arts, you were like 165 pounds or some shit. And then you're 20s. Right? <laughs> so, and now, you know, so yeah,
0: late 30s, 100 pounds, <laughs> you know, 80 pounds heavier. <laughs> so, yeah, you know.
1: like quadrupled your strength. And then you're uh, wondering why it sucks to do jiu-jitsu.
0: <laughs> and the hilarious thing is the the reason why I've paid for a coach for as long as I can remember is that if, if I had a trainee in my same situation, I would guide them towards the non-knucklehead path. And I would <laughs> notice the errors in their thinking and I would make sure they don't hurt themselves and apply stress appropriately. When it comes to my own stuff, I don't know what it is. I just don't even think about it. I just go, just yeah. go forward and, and then pay the price for it.
1: It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've seen you say the right things to other people. And then like, why, why doesn't he say that to himself? But we're all the same way. You yeah, know, we're all the same way. We, yeah. we, we don't, we don't do typically do, do things uh, the best way, even though we, we know how to tell other people how to do it. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So okay. So consistency, and then and then the other important question before uh, before moving on in terms of programming is recovery factors. Right? Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough? So the first three questions article that Rip wrote. Um, so anytime uh, anytime I have to make a decision about programming, those are the three things that I'm checking on first: form, consistency, and the first three questions. Right? That's the the easiest way to think about it. Mm. And if any of those are not in order. Those have to be get gotten in order first. Yep. Same thing with managing an injury. If any of those things are not right, get those right because anything else you do is just kind of masking an underlying issue. If you are not recovering and something hurts, fucking get recovered because mm-hmm. that might that might fix the problem. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, you're not sleeping, whatever, or adjust your training if you, if you, you don't have a choice, right, you can't, you can't sleep more because you've got an infinite home, you know, then make a programming decision, to adjust your training and see if you start hurting less.
0: Right? If you're not recovering from the stress and you can't add more recovery, then you've got to reduce the stress. Exactly. And if you don't, you're going to hurt yourself. And, um, so for example, something just to make an extreme example, to prove the point or to make the point, um, we see people from time to time wanting to go on a, an extreme diet When they're in the process of getting stronger so if you've gone through your lp you're an intermediate and all of a sudden you decide you're going to lose 20 pounds and you don't tell your coach and you're at a massive caloric deficit every day um you're not definitely going to get hurt but it certainly increases your chances so these are all these are all things to keep in mind as you're trying to figure out how best to continue to make progress while accomplishing the other things you need to accomplish in in life
1: exactly yep yep yeah so i think that kind of covers the uh the people who are untrained or weak, the people who have started training and potentially could just, uh, deal with their injury through, uh, form adjustment, a programming adjustment or something like that. Um, you know, now let's talk about an an injury that is, is not the result of one of these things weakness or or some issue with programming or some issue with recovery or some issue with uh with form. So, you know, now you've got something that you've actually got like a dude's back pops in the gym, right? Or um or you've tried to address somebody's knee pain with form and it's getting worse or it hasn't gotten better, you know, after a couple of weeks. Um you know, or they're still complaining about it even. So, Now it's, you know, now you're kind of dealing with an injury and the decision now has to be, do you train through it or do you train around it? Okay. And up to this point, we've kind of just been dealing with training, training through, right? Training through something. So, um, you know, you, the way I approach the next part is, Maybe through a series of questions, so like an, an assessment of, of how I should proceed forward. So still keeping everything in context of a process, like how am I going to apply a process going forward? Because I'm still not going to go to, you know, this is what I think is happening, and then this is this is a solution because I don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, so uh, this this process of trialing and error and, and assessing will will will. Help you build your experience a little bit better, so you'll be a little bit more accurate. The more often you do this, right? So the the more times you've seen somebody with bad knees, uh, the better your decisions are going to be. But it's again, th- just it parallels so nicely with just regular programming stuff. The more times you've dealt with something, the better you you get at it. So, um, the the questions you want to kind of ask yourself, whether you're a lifter or you're you're a coach, is uh, so of yourself or of your trainee, is uh, when does it hurt? So. Um, does it hurt in the gym? Does it hurt when you're lifting or does it hurt outside the gym? Um, is it, is it always hurting or is it just hurting when you're, when you're lifting? Um, if it's only hurting when you're lifting during what lift is it, right? These are all like, this is so obvious, but people fail to, to ask these simple questions to, to decide like what, what I should do next, because if, uh, if it hurts during the squat, but it doesn't hurt during the deadlift, that's a great thing to know. Right? Because why stop deadlifting heavy? If it doesn't hurt to deadlift, Mm. Um, make an adjustment somewhere in the squat. Um, And it doesn't even mean you have to go lighter on the squat. You'll make an adjustment some other way Um, if it hurts to press, but it doesn't hurt to bench. Keep benching. Right. And so on. So uh, what lift makes it hurt? Uh, Does it hurt inside the gym or outside the gym? Um, uh, Is it a sharp pain or is it adult? Like, is it a constant ache? That's that's good to know. Right. If it's a sharp pain, when does it occur at what position does it occur when is it when you unrack the bar is it when you're going down is it when you're coming up is it when the bar touches your chest right so is it when you get out from under the bar so these are all things that are going to help you narrow down where to look for where to look for a problem and also more important uh where to make an adjustment like how how to modify something so again the it shouldn't be like the the typical um traditional way that 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 we have dealt with a pain or an injury or something is to immediately deload and run it back up right so essentially going back to what i was talking about before which is which is a uh, which is a a programming issue in terms of going back working on form and coming back up and and running it back up but what happens in those instances if it's actually a problem is you experience pain at in whatever let's say you experience pain in your back at a 315 deadlift, so let's say okay, well it hurts at 315. Let's go down to 245, and then run it back up at five pounds at a time. Every single time, what happens at 315? The guy's back hurts again, right? So um, there, there's a in that instance, it's probably load dependent. Like a certain load threshold starts to make whatever's going on hurt or irritates it or whatever. So. Um, it's it's generally not a good idea to just deload and start doing a bunch of reps. Like everybody loves, and this again this goes back into the the specifics thing. Like people heard of the star rehab <clears throat> because it's super effective for like a muscle belly tear, um, and and it's the star rehab has gone has become the rehab protocol for everything. Mm-hmm. So people just auto instinctively do star rehab for all kinds of shit that it's not designed to be used for, that mm-hmm. it's not even effective for, that it may actually be. Uh, uh, detrimental for, right? So like, yeah, and I, I've seen people do that all the time. So um,
0: the, the weight threshold point, Nick, is interesting, because going back to the point about psychology, there are some weight threshold issues that are purely in people's heads, they just have a fear absolutely of the extra plate. But there absolutely. are some weight threshold issues that have to do with the mechanical situation in whatever joint happens to be affected, for example, and and Um, I've, I know this because I've trialed and errored it myself and I just ran my very last trial. Um, and I, you know, I don't know what to do from here other than get surgery, but uh, my, my right shoulder was separated when I was younger. And whenever I get to kind of, you know, mid two hundreds on the bench for sets across the damn thing always starts to act up. Um, so I, I verified it on this very last run up on the bench with Will and now he's got me doing all kinds of other stuff to work around it. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's you know I I I was telling myself it was in my head and it was just an arbitrary thing and if I got my form right and whatever I'd fix it. But this is probably the fifth time I've I've gone through this exact right. same cycle and it's it is what it is. So I've got to either work around it or get it
1: fixed. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But th- these aren't things that you'll be able to necessarily know um, unless you unless you ask the questions, unless you've done the process, and also always helps to have done it to have experienced this stuff yourself. Uh, unfortunately right because it's not it's not fun but if you've uh, uh if you've been in these situations uh, like in the last six months i've learned so damn much about rehab <laughs> uh unwillingly right because mm-hmm. just from working with will and then uh, and, and then talking to you and, and talking to ben and all and, and all these all these uh, issues that have come up yep. so um yeah so the, the and here's the last question that's important to ask and people always forget to ask this what makes it feel better so if there's a if there's a movement or a uh, or a lift or a position that makes it feel better, that's good to know, right? Because you should do more of that. If it makes it feel better, do more of that. If it makes it feel worse, do less of that. And that's that's like a like a super simple thing, right? Uh, so uh, so don't forget to ask those. So the questions are: When does it hurt? Uh, what makes it better? What makes it worse? Um, and does it hurt outside? Does it does only lifting make it hurt, or does do other things make it hurt? So that's kind of kind of where to start. And then now going back to making things heal. So what are we going to do? Um, we're we're not we sh- we should not reflexively just deload um, because again let's go back to the original conversation here. Our job is to improve performance, mm. um, and anytime you are deloading, you're intentionally holding back performance or even even backsliding on performance um, and it turns out that it's it, at least in my experience that injuries don't do as well with lower weight and higher reps right because like if it's an overuse thing like you just you're just beating the hell out of your knees it doesn't make any sense to go down and do sets of eight at a lighter weight because you're just beating your knees up more but but that's something that people find think is a reasonable thing to do right Um, so you have to determine a few things as a result of your questions. And the way I break this up in my head is, is it position related? Is it movement related or is it load related? Mm -hmm. Right? So those are kind of the three, the, the, the way I compartmentalize, um, all the potential issues are in those three categories. So positionally be like all the stuff we talked about with the, the grip, um, the elbow, um, does it hurt at the, it, does it hurt at a particular joint angle? You know, like, like when you bend over to 45 degrees, or you, uh, when you hit the bottom of the squat and at this particular back angle, that's when your back hurts or when your knee goes to like 90, 95 or hundred degrees of, of flexion, that's when it hurts. Right. So, um, that's what I mean by positionally, like, is there a certain position that makes it hurt or a certain joint angle that makes it hurt? Um, then the second one would be, um, uh, is it movement related, right? So are you, are you crashing into the bottom of the squat? Um, does that make it better or worse? Uh, slowing down? Does that make does, the slowing down like tempos make it better or worse? Does pausing at a certain position make it so that it doesn't hurt? Um, does like shortening the range of motion. You know, like if you're, if it hurts at the bottom of the bench press, like maybe doing a partial, just a couple of inches off your chest, does that make it feel better? Or does that at least make it not hurt? Right. Mm -hmm. So what I'm looking for is ways to continue loading, continue adding weight to the bar um, while working around whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, figuring out a way to, to, to work around it and then slowly working back into the full range of motion if you can right? So if you've got like a, 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 an issue with a, with an elbow or with a shoulder in the bench press, and you can have somebody bench, you know, like four, four inches off their chest, go ahead and load that fucking thing up. Right. And then over time, bring it down a little bit and then load that up and then bring it down a little bit more see how far you can go. And that's uh, you know, that's a perfectly reasonable, reasonable approach to take. I'm not saying it's going to work every time, but you know, you can try that before making big wholesale changes to the whole exercise, mm-hmm. right? And then, um, and then the load one is is an interesting one because you have to determine whether uh, it's it's uh, you need to go lighter, meaning that the load is the problem, um, or if you need to um, if if you if if it's like fatigue is the problem, meaning that like a set of five irritates it, but maybe a double or a triple doesn't. Right. So let's say you've got a, you've got a pain somewhere in your back or your hip or something um, and and you experience it after your set of five. And I say to you, all right, do a triple this time and see how that feels. And then you do a triple You're like, OK, that didn't hurt after three. It didn't hurt. OK, well, let's do five sets of three this time instead of three sets of five. And then you can continue loading um, and maybe even go down to doubles or even singles or something. And then you can continue loading and keeping things heavy, um, with, without introducing a bunch of fatigue during the set, like in the middle of the set. Um, so these are all just ways to not reflexively deload because that's the wrong approach. Figure out, figure out a way to keep going heavy. Um, you're probably safe taking reps away and bumping the weight way up, uh, and then seeing what happens. Um, and all that before you start looking for different exercises to do. Yeah. So the last kind of uh, intervention in, in the program would be to uh, would be exercise selection. Find it, find different exercises. You know, if the low bar squat irritates irritates the thing, um, whatever's going on in your hip or your low back, see if a high bar squat makes it not hurt. Um, see if a safety squat bar makes it not hurt. Um, if a regular bench press bothers it. See if a close grip bench press doesn't bother it see if incline bench press doesn't bother it right and so on right so that's when you start looking at all the things and then um the more experienced you are with this the bigger your library of exercises are right so again we use will as an example because we both have worked with him and, and love him um the uh, you know I, i've learned a bunch of different lifts just from working with will uh lifts that i'd rather not do because they're not squat press squat press deadlift and bench, but mm-hmm. you have to do it because of a certain problem. Yep. Um, and that's fine. Right. Cause you're just going to do them really heavy and they suck. They're not any fun.
0: I'm laying um, on the ground doing floor presses at the moment. Um, because yeah, man, don't let anybody see you. Me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I look goofy as all hell, but, uh, it's, at least I can still bench, you know,
1: right. I can still right. lift. Uh, um, yeah. Just don't wear a starting strength shirt when you do it. Oh, no, People I, will it. Be like, no, I on. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one
0: thing that struck me as you were you were talking about uh, you know reflexively going to a deload for example is the incentives that drive that behavior so people want a defined problem they want to know what's wrong and they want to know what the solution is and if right. those, if that particular person is paying you as the coaching professional to guide them through the process of getting stronger um, they may expect that you'll be able to define the problem and offer them a solution. And you might feel the pressure of their expectation and then reflexively offer a solution uh, while pretending that you understand what the problem is. And that is what Nick is suggesting against. What Nick is is in favor of, which I think is wise and requires some expectation setting with your member, is trial and error. I don't know what's wrong. You don't know what's wrong. Your doctor most likely doesn't know what's wrong unless you get a bunch of imaging and then you still may not know what's wrong because you've got to establish causation. But what we can do is go through this very simple process, like you said, of figuring out what makes it better, what makes it worse, what does the pain feel like? And then just tweaking the variables until you, you actually solve the problem and not just kick it down the road temporarily for it to come back and piss
1: everybody off even more. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the one word of caution here is that people, people listening to this, um, and, and this happens all the time, you know, the, the, you don't jump to this last piece that we're talking about, because if you haven't looked at just getting stronger and you haven't looked at form consistency and recovery, um, you may be missing out on continual continued progress and, uh, and, and not deviating too much from, from what you already know, um, in favor of, added complexity that's not necessary, right? Cause now we're talking about, you know, to take it back to a programming discussion, now we're talking about things, you know, in terms of in terms of, of progressing the intervention is is now like in the more advanced stages of, of what you need to be doing, right? Cause the, all the tools that we, that you've got uh, it for the majority of problems that you're gonna encounter are solved by, are, are given to you by the squat, the press, the bench and the deadlift, they're all there, right? And, and just ask the, Trizos, the Dagostinos, the Morrises of the world, what their PT clinics look like. And it's a it's a plate and barbells and a bench, and they're they're doing these these movements, right? Um so so now you know now we're talking about some some issues that aren't solved with those with those more basic um solutions that we that we're all already very good at, right? Mm-hmm. So again, don't jump to looking at like tempo squats or or partials or or uh, adjusting loads and stuff like that if it's not necessary because just just do your job and, and it'll take care of itself. Yep. Um,
0: One point the, about, about uh, consulting really quickly, Nick, is really good consultants separate the information gathering process from the solution um, prescription process. And uh, I think that's a really wise thing to integrate into your coaching profession for those of you that are, uh, that are learning as coaches out there. So what I mean by that is if you have a trainee that's got a problem and you're going through this, this uh, series of questions that Nick has suggested for you and you're gathering information, just information gathering might be adequate for that particular day uh, before you make any suggestions. I mean, there might be a, a form issue that you are not catching. It's happened to me. I see it happen to other coaches. Um, so then that gives you the time to go speak to your peers and see who else has encountered this before. And you, you name it, you punch it into the forum, it's been discussed ad nauseum. This is definitely, this thing that you're seeing with this person on the platform, it's definitely not the first time in history it's happened. So tap into right. uh, to the, the hive mind of information that's already out there from your peers and from the forum Um, and don't jump to conclusions because, you know, Nick suggests you don't reflexively just deload, but also don't reflexively just start messing with stuff because it might just be a simple form error that needs to be fixed that you happen to miss. It happens all the time.
1: Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the last thing, um, the last thing we should talk about is when to, uh, is when to, to go elsewhere, right? When to find, uh, when to find, when to get help, something else, right? Mm-hmm. So the 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 resources, um, you know, if you're if you're a, a coach at a starting strength gym, we've got the coaches Slack, right? And and there's enough experienced coaches in there um that pretty much anything you've you've uh you're seeing right now has been dealt with before. So um you go to the coaches Slack. Um call uh Ripito. He's been doing this for Forty something years, and he's probably dealt with almost everything, and he's probably dealt with it very effective, very effectively. And he will know. Um, he'll know when it's something you could you can deal with, or something that you should ask somebody else else help for. So um, don't be afraid to call him. Um, quit fucking being scared of rip, just pick up the phone and call the gym. He's there. And uh, he loves to talk on the phone. So, so uh, especially if you're a coach, at the, you guys like just listening to this, probably don't want to just call him and start talking to him. But uh, if you work at a gym, he'll, he'll talk to you and help you out. But you can um, post
0: on the forum. If you're just, uh, you can post on the forum. One right? of the fans. Absolutely. I mean, there's a Mark up QA. Q and a, you can just ask the author of the book whatever question now read the rules of posting and make sure it's a well formulated question and you've already searched, but anyone listening to this right now can ask Mark Ripito directly for advice because that guy's got a wealth of experience with this stuff. And there aren't many people that can integrate, uh, you know, the way the human body works, common issues, how it integrates with lifting, um, his experience over time, things he's seen ways he knows to resolve these problems. So that's a, that's a a valuable resource to say the least.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from Rip, we've got uh, a handful of physical therapists who are starting strength coaches. They're they're probably the uh, uh, my my go-to. You know, I've I've worked with Will. Ray's worked with Will. Hopefully, we'll convince Will to uh, work very closely with Starting Strength gyms here in the near future. Um, and uh, you, you know, so any of those any of those people, I you know, as a coach, I'm I'm talking to them. Um, they they may be willing to talk to a client, but you know, when you've got a a client or a member. Uh, who has already talked to a local person or to their doctor or their physical therapist, um, they may not be willing to talk to just a random guy online who you you say you know who you think is good. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. But you as a coach can absolutely consult with these with these guys um, confidently, right? Just, just and, uh, pay and, them, pay them. Yeah,
0: the, shit. Don't, uh, you know, um, don't offend these guys by by suggesting they should give you anything for free you know will right. will will is at the level where Ripito calls him with questions kind of thing so will morris is a is an asset and um, although he doesn't work with us in a formal capacity yet he is taking referrals from from the gyms so if you work at one of the gyms if you're a member at one of the gyms and you want to get an opinion from a guy with a whole lot of experience and education uh, will will can help you um, kind of on an informal basis and as Nick said we're recording we're him at the moment so once he leaves the military hopefully he'll be with us in a more formal capacity.
1: Yeah. Um... And then, um, okay, so those are kind of your your resources, folks. Um, like Ray said, the forum, uh, ask Rip in the forum, search the forum. You know that that's something you want to do. Search the forum uh, because it's probably already been asked and answered a million times through the however long that thing has been in existence now. So, yeah. um, the the times that you should refer a, a member or a client or or yourself should go seek medical attention. Um, and, and whether that's, that's hiring, uh, or, or consulting with one of our physical therapists, SSCs, or actually going physically to see somebody, um, is if, uh, and again, this is, this is my list, right? This isn't an official list or anything. This is, this is the the way I would approach things. If someone is experiencing nerve symptoms that are not getting better, right? So they've got like radiating pain down the, down their leg. They've got uh, numbness and tingling going on the leg. That's not getting any better. Um, they're, like numbness and tingling uh, in their groin or uh, loss of function is a big one, right? So if they're, if they all of a sudden, like some people in the room here, all of a sudden can't lift their arm up over their head. Uh, you got you got to go fucking see a doctor like don't be like oh that's weird and then just go about your day and then <laughs> go to not a music good festival. that's <laughs> <laughs> not a good thing um, yeah like if your foot starts dragging on the ground that's not a good thing so um, hopefully you're, you're ahead of that kind of stuff but uh, you know those are all those are all nerve symptoms obviously right so um, you, you need to talk to somebody if, if or you need to refer your member out to somebody if those uh those things are going on and you loss are not allowed uh, to deal with those
0: incontinence is uh under the loss of function umbrella by the way absolutely that's a,
1: absolutely that's a go to the er type situation right right um pain that significantly affects your normal life right so um if if it's not in the gym if it's hurting all the time um, you may be making something worse in the in the gym by trying to continue to help somebody so I don't know if they, if they report that it's getting worse they can't sleep at night uh, it's time to consult with somebody or, or send them to their doctor um, and then loss of strength loss of function right so if all of a sudden they can't make a tight fist all of a sudden they can't raise their arm up uh, their legs dragging on the floor they, they're it, it, they're getting incontinence or something like that that's way 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 the fuck out of our scope uh, fi- get some help talk to talk to a P- talk to a PT. Um, or send them to their doctor. Yep. Right. <clears throat>
0: and one, one caveat on the, uh, you know, is it bothering you throughout the day maybe messing with your sleep is, is probably for a back tweak. You can expect that when you tweak your back and we're all going to tweak our back, whether we lift or not, um, that you're probably going to have a couple of rough days, you know, but, uh, but to Nick's point, it, it needs to be getting better over time.
1: Uh, yeah, and easy over time. That's that's what I meant to say. So if yeah. it's getting if it's getting worse, and that that's the indicator. Like, is it getting worse? If it's getting worse, okay, let's let's figure something else out. If it's staying the same, it's probably okay. If it's getting better, then then proceed, right? But if it's if they if your member or you report that it's getting worse, um, it's it's you know you're you're doing something wrong, or they're doing something wrong, or there's a bigger problem than what you can address.
0: Yeah. You and Rip have a tendency to make things really obvious and simple. You know, one of the things that, that Rip says is like, you know, someone's complaining about a shoulder and wonder if they should get surgery. It's like, well, can you sleep? No. Okay. <laughs> get it fixed. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, there you go. You got to sleep. So get it fixed. <laughs> <Yeah. You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think that's all I wanted to cover. Uh, that was pretty much your agenda from the from the presentation over at the conference, did uh, did you miss anything from your notes there? I've got everything checked off here.
1: No, no, I think uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it as cool. far as uh, as far as what we can do. And um, you know, I, I don't think people should take this as as limiting in any way. I think you should, uh, you know, in terms of only do do these things um, because because you're an idiot. I'm what I'm arguing for here. What I'm presenting what I'm presenting is that uh, um, understand what you're good at. Yeah. Right. Understand, especially as a coach, understand what it is that you're good at and get really fucking good at it. Yep. Um, and, and things that you don't understand or things that you don't know, uh, leave that to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leave it to other people. Don't don't worry about it, um, because you do if you're if you're a good and effective coach, you have a lot to offer people who are in pain and people who are managing injuries and people who are injured. Um, and there's no need to stretch into these areas that you're that you're you have no business being into Mm. just do what you do and do it really well and um and and you'll be super effective even even in the face of like these uh injuries that people have a lot of trouble with
0: if you care about your members and you're clear about what you do and don't know and operate accordingly you'll be in good shape it pretty much comes down to that right Mm. right Cool. Well, thanks for the time, Nick. Uh, guys, like always, Nick is uh, happy to be on the podcast. So if you want to hear anything else from Nick, just uh, – uh, I guess you can comment on YouTube. We read most of that stuff, especially the the silly things where uh, people are commenting on my nipple size and hypothesizing uh, <laughs> that I'm lactating. That was the latest one. Uh, you're better off oh, emailing or, or posting on the forum. Yeah, I think, I think some guys are really trying to get on comments from the haters, and it's getting a little bit weird, actually. <laughs> So Nick thanks uh <laughs> thanks for being on the show man. Um we'll talk to you
1: soon. Thank you. Thanks guys. All right.